Welcome to the Compass Podcast, featuring Chris Shandro and the Compass team. We hope this message is just for you. Hey, everyone. Welcome to live. I had my mic muted. <laughs> so my daughter Cameron, she's outside watching. She runs inside and I see this commotion and I'm trying to like not be distracted by it as I'm talking to you. And then I hear her say, there's no audio. There's so, audio now. There's audio now. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Guys, we, we do live. It's what we do. All right. So yeah. <laughs> Let's start that over. Um, every once in a while, a, uh, a window of conversation will open up. Um, with people and it, it can be friends, it can be family. A lot of times it's, it's with my kids, but, but sometimes, um, this, this weird window will open up where you can talk about things that you normally wouldn't talk about all the time. My kids are teenagers. And so we're at this funny age where we'll just be talking, goofing off, being stupid. And, uh, and then all of a sudden we'll be in this really serious conversation about the future or about college and, uh, and when those windows open up, just as a dad, I want to take advantage of them because I, I love um, not only seeing into my kids' hearts, be, being able to speak into my kids' hearts. And so when they're open to me, I want to speak into that as much as I possibly can. And I think that as a nation and as a church, we are at one of those window moments where there's this open window on things that are happening in our nation and in our world um, that people are talking about. Um, and it allows us to speak into those things, particularly as, as it relates right now um, to racial injustice, um, the role of the government in institutionalized racial oppression and injustice. What does that mean? What does that look like? And there's this dialogue that's beginning in our, in our nation as a result. And this is a dialogue that I believe needs to happen in the church as well. And, uh, and so as a result of that window being open, um, I don't want to talk about things that are heavy all the time. I mean, we've been, we were in the middle of COVID, right? And we've been talking about this really super heavy stuff with COVID. And now um, with the, the killing of George Floyd in the aftermath, it's, it feels really heavy. And I know there's this temptation to just want to talk about light and easy things. Well, at least I feel that temptation. I'm like, man, can we just talk about something fun and funny sometimes on a Sunday? But at the same time, I feel like there's a window here. Um, that God has opened. And while it's open, I feel like it's important for us to talk about um, the things that are going on in our world. So that being said, um, I want you all to think back to elementary school when you were a kid, because I know that you had this moment. I know that this happened probably to all of us. Uh, you're in class and teachers talking and, and, and teaching. And there's a couple kids in the back, like three or four kids, and they're just goofing off. They're spitting spitballs and like throwing stuff and passing notes. And the teacher's like, guys, you need to stop it right now. Be quiet in the back. And then they snicker and whatever. And they, they kind of stop. And the teacher turns around and someone spits a spit wad at the teacher, hits her in the back. She's like, who did that? What's going on? And like literally 90% of the class is appalled at what's happening. But that 10% in the back that's just goofing off, they're just having a great old time. And this is what happens, right? The teacher says this. The teacher says, you know what, class? Because of, of your behavior today, we are not going to have recess today. And immediately, the 90% of the, pe the kids in the room who weren't spitting spitwads and goofing off are like, what? I didn't do anything. And some kid raises their hand, right? And, and they're like, but I wasn't doing anything. And the teacher says, it doesn't matter. Every, no one is going to recess because this class is out of control. Now, if you experience that, I know I've experienced that. And when I was in those moments, I hated how it felt. Because even though I wasn't doing anything wrong, I felt accused of doing something wrong. And I felt like um, I was being judged for doing something that I didn't do. 
And that feeling of accusation just is the worst. And one of one reason that the conversation around race right now is so difficult for us to have is because I think that there are a lot of people who feel accused of something or accused of doing or feeling or saying something that they didn't do. And I think that that one of the difficulties that we're facing in talking about race is that people feel lumped in with the bad guys, right? I mean, you may have felt this and you may have thought this, maybe you've said this out loud. It's like, well, I didn't, I didn't do or say anything racist. I mean, I had nothing to do with slavery or reconstruction or Jim Crow laws or anything that came after that. I had nothing to do with that. And so like, I'm, I'm not a racist. I don't like being lumped in with these people who are racist. I know right now there's, there's a lot of police officers who are like, I'm not a bad cop. I don't, I don't behave the way that some of these cops have been caught on camera have, have behaved and have acted. I've never hurt anyone for the color of their skin and they feel lumped in and accused. And, and there's a lot of people who are like, listen, I'm not a looter. I'm not a rioter. I'm protesting for change against this injustice that's existed in our nation for hundreds of years. I've never destroyed property. And, and yet they feel accused, lumped in with the bad guys and judged. But here's what we do is we, we hop on social media and we, we post our views to Facebook or Twitter. And we do this forgetting the number one rule of social media. And that's that these are not places to have a nuanced conversation. Okay, this is not, this is not where a nuanced conversation can happen at all. <clears throat> because people's, people's different, differing opinions on social media, let's be honest, okay? They're not ideas to consider. Like when you post something and someone posts something back, there's not an equal balance of like, yeah, let's exchange ideas and maybe we can find a way to meet in the middle. Let's be real. When, when people post things on social media, these differing opinions or ideas, they, they become accusing fingers that are pointing at you and telling you that you are wrong. And as fingers point and as people feel accused, and you maybe have felt this, but as people feel accused, things just get worse. Because when, when, when we feel accused, what do we do? We get defensive. And when we get defensive, we put up our fists and we try to block off our, the attacks that we are feeling because nobody wants to feel accused of being a racist, being a bad cop, or being a looter or a, a rioter. And so we get defensive. And when we get defensive, we stop listening. And when we stop listening to people, then the relationships that we have with people, especially people who maybe we might disagree with, those relationships start to get strained. Some of those relationships can get broken. Maybe those relationships were broken to begin with, but when we feel accused, it gets even worse. And now those relationships stay broken. And all of a sudden, the problems that we're facing, they never get solved. The problems that we're facing as a nation can never get solved because we feel accused, we feel judged, and we feel attacked. So what, what can we do? What do we do when we feel judged and accused? What, what can we do when... Maybe we are the ones judging and accusing others. What do we do when there's so much debate and division over things that are crucially important, but there's so much debate and division that it feels like these things will never get any better? 
Well, in Matthew chapter 5, Jesus lays out for us a roadmap that I believe if we can begin following, it has the potential to not only restore our broken relationships, but I think that if we follow this roadmap, it can bring healing and restoration to some of our deepest hurts individually, and maybe some of our deepest hurts as a nation and as a country. All of these things that we fe- that are caused or impacted when we feel accused. And so over the next several weeks, we're going to be in this accused message series. Now, I want you to know this, that I want this to be helpful, okay? That, well, you know what? I'm just going to get into it because my goal for this message series is not for you to feel accused, but for you to feel like there's a path out, a path to something better. And so in Matthew chapter 5, we find Jesus... Um, in a really familiar passage of the New Testament and in the Gospels. And it's, he's teaching uh, something that is called the Sermon on the Mount. Very familiar, very famous, um, lumping group of teachings that have been put together by Jesus. And, and as he's giving the Sermon on the Mount to people, which it might even be a collection of sermons, but these are Jesus's teachings. But just like any sermon, uh, the people who are listening to it, they really want to hear what they're doing right. Right? I mean, when I listen to a sermon, like the best, dude, the best part of listening to any message in a church or anything that you might call a sermon is when you get to sit back and go, yeah, that dude really needs to hear this, but but I'm good. And just like us, Jesus is, Jesus's followers and the people that he's teaching, they're, they're listening to a sermon and they want to hear what they're doing right. And so Jesus starts teaching some of the basic principles of Jewish law and elaborating on those. And in Matthew 5, 21, he starts this way. He says, you have heard that our ancestors were told, you must not murder. If you commit murder, you are subject to judgment. And the crowds are like, yeah, Jesus, that's right. You tell them. I mean, I've never murdered anybody. There's probably people in the crowds who are like, I can't, murderers are are the worst. How dare they do that? They need to change. Jesus, they need you, right? And there's probably people in the crowd who are like, abortion is evil. Abortion is murder. Absolutely. Those people need to be judged. And they need to be hauled before the courts. And then Jesus continues. But I say, if you're even angry with someone, you are subject to judgment. So Jesus just says to his followers, to the people he's teaching, murder is equal to anger at someone. Now, the people in the crowd who are like, you know, Abortion is murder. The people in the crowd who are like, death penalty is murder. The people in the crowds who are like, stop all this violence. Yeah, we would never do any of that stuff. Those people need to fix those problems and they need to stop doing it. Now all of a sudden they kind of stop, take a deep breath because Jesus has called them out on something that perhaps they might have experienced being angry at someone. Jesus doesn't stop there. He continues. He says, if you call someone an idiot, you are in danger of being brought before the court. Now, I love the New Living Translation of the Bible um, because, like, where in the Bible can you say, if you call someone an idiot? I mean, that's just, that's awesome. But the word here that Jesus actually uses um, is a Hebrew word, and the word is raka, R-A-C-A. And raka kind of literally means that you are calling someone worthless, like if, if, if you were a first century Jew and you called someone Raka, it would almost be the equivalent of, of saying, I spit on you. Like you are, you have no worth to me, to our society and to the world. So, so this, this language that Jesus is using here, he's saying, listen, if you devalue someone's worth, 
If you look at someone else that God made and you devalue their worth, then you are guilty. Jesus doesn't stop. He says this, he continues, and if you curse someone, you are in danger of the fires of hell. Now, again, let's get into the translation a little bit. I mean, we could probably extrapolate this and say, if you curse someone, if you cuss someone out or you, you know, probably would equal the same thing. But, but literally, like when, when Jesus says this uh, in the original language, it's kind of referring to calling someone stupid. Like it literally means kind of cursing someone as empty headed or dumb or, or stupid. If you call someone stupid, you are in danger of the fires of hell. And just like that, the crowd felt accused by Jesus. And just like that, maybe you sitting watching this on your screen right now, maybe you feel a little bit accused as well. Let me ask, let me ask you a question. Okay, let me ask you some questions. This has nothing to do with your ideology. It has nothing to do with your political persuasion. This doesn't have anything to do with what you think of the COVID shutdowns or what you think of the current protests of racial injustice and how they're unfolding. I just want to ask you some questions and just be honest with yourself, okay? In the last several weeks, have you been angry at someone? In the last several weeks, have you called someone stupid? In the last several weeks, have you questioned someone's worth in any way? Now, there it is again. You might be feeling a little accused right now. You might be feeling like, geez, Chris, ouch. And if you are, it's, it's okay, because I know how you feel. I know exactly how you feel. And like, Jesus actually knows how you feel too, because interestingly enough, in John chapter 7, Jesus says this. He says that, that the world feels accused by him just because of who he is. Just because of, Jesus says, like, just because of who I am, I, I accuse the world. When people look at me and listen to my teachings, they feel accused. And that's what I'm saying. Like, like if you feel accused right now, it's okay. You are not alone in this. And if it's you, I have, I have some good news, bad news for you, okay? And I'm going to start with, with the bad news. And the, the first bit of bad news is this, is that you might be wrong, okay? The bad news is this, is that you might be totally off base in what you are thinking about things that are going on right now. Because the people who were listening to Jesus's teachings, when Jesus said, don't commit murder, don't commit abortion, don't commit violence against people, all those religious people were like, yeah, Jesus, because we don't do that. And then Jesus said, but don't call someone stupid, an idiot, worthless, or be angry at them. And they're like, oh, uh. and they realized if Jesus is right, then we might be wrong. And the bad news for you is that you might be wrong. I play guitar and I played in a lot of bands. And when I was young, I started playing when I was in my, when I was 12. And in my teen years, I played in this terrible, awful band, um, which was terrible and awful because of me mostly. And uh, I just, I, I was just, I was, I didn't know what I didn't know. And I played one show one time and afterwards a guy came up to me and he was like, he was like, hey man, that was really good. But your guitar was out of tune a lot during that show. Now, I took this as a personal offense because in my arrogant youth, I believed this, that the sign of a good guitar player is that they could tune their guitar by ear 
anytime they wanted to. And so in the middle of songs, in between songs, I didn't use a guitar tuner. Now a guitar tuner is this little electronic piece of equipment that will tell you exactly if your guitar is in tune. Well, I didn't use that because really experienced guitar players could just go by ear. And so I'd go, bling, and I would tune my guitar by ear, feeling like that made me awesome. Kate comes up to me and says, listen, you're out of tune a lot. And I was like, what? He says, yeah, he's like, you really should use a tuner. Like if you want to play in tune. Now, when he told me this, I was so mad. Like 16 year old me was so mad because I felt like he was accusing me of being a bad guitar player. But the reality is, is that wasn't the case at all. He wasn't accusing me of being bad. What he was trying to do was help me. He wasn't judging me for being a bad guitar player or judging me for, you know, not being able to tune my guitar well enough. He was trying to help correct my course so that I could be better by playing in tune. And that's what Jesus wants to do for us. You see, Jesus isn't here to judge you. Jesus is not about trying to call you out for being wrong. If you feel accused, that's not Jesus's intent. And let me tell you why. In John 3, 17, it says this, that God sent his son into the world, not to judge the world, but to save the world through him. Jesus's heart is not for you to feel accused and judged, even though he acknowledges that because of who he is, that a byproduct of his perfection and his holiness and his awesomeness is that we might feel judged in looking at him. But that's why he says, listen, I'm not here to judge you or accuse you. I'm here to help you. I'm here to save you, which leads us to the good news. If the bad news is that you might be wrong, and if the bad news is that there's probably an area of your life that you are, maybe even in everything that's happening right now, that you might be wrong, the good news is this. The good news is that Jesus isn't judging. He just wants to correct your course. Jesus isn't trying to call you out. He just wants to help you get better. Jesus isn't mad at you that your life is a little bit out of tune. He just wants to help you tune your life up so that it can better harmonize with his plan and his purpose for your life so that, we, so that you can live the best life that you could ever possibly live. And so, like, what do we do about this? What do you do, what do we do if I might be wrong? What do I do if, I, if my comments and my thoughts and my positions about racial injustice, maybe I'm wrong. What do I do about that? Well, let me show you. And it starts with just a, a simple step that we take individually to allow God to speak into our hearts. And it's this, just let God search your heart. Just let God search your heart. Just say, God, am I off? And if I am, if I, if I am, if I am, show me where, search me, test me, know my heart, point out where my thought processes are off and wrong. Let God search your heart. And if we do that, he can guide your path. It's really just like saying, God, just let me know, be my tuner. Let me know when I'm out of tune because I wanna live a life that's in tune with you and I can correct it according to you, your perfect tuning. And I can be, I can live and experience the best life that I ever could. But it starts with this, acknowledging that you might be wrong, but also acknowledging this, that if you are, it's okay because God isn't here to judge you or accuse you. He's here to help correct your course. So just as we wrap up, ask yourself, ask yourself this question. Have I held anger against another person because of something that they said or something that they did? 
And I've been holding on to that anger and unforgiveness because they hurt me. Because they said something that maybe disagreed with something that I believe. Or maybe they said something that hurt someone I care about. Have I held on to anger against a person because of that? Ask yourself this question. Have I called someone stupid? Maybe not to their face. I mean, if you're calling someone stupid to their face, that's probably a whole other message. But the truth is, is that perhaps you have, you've used language like that about another person to someone else. Called someone stupid to a friend. Have you called someone stupid or used language um, like that in your, in your social media comments or in your posts? Have another question to ask yourself. Have I questioned the worth of another person, even in the smallest way, based on the color of their skin, based on the amount of money or financial resource they have, based on their clothes or the music they listen to? Have I questioned someone's worth based on their poverty, based on their addiction, based on their history? Have I questioned someone's worth based on their job as a police officer? Have I questioned someone's worth for any other reason. Because Jesus says this, he's like, listen guys, murder is bad. But you know what bullet points fall under that? Anger, cursing someone, questioning their worth, holding on to these types of things. And in these areas, while we may not have committed murder, Jesus is saying there may be areas of your life where you are wrong. And sometimes there is, sometimes when we feel accused, there's truth to it. Sometimes, or maybe in your criticism of Black Lives Matter, you have felt accused by the comments that other people have posted in response to what you said. And sometimes there may be truth to, to what they said. And if you feel accused, you might be wrong. Maybe the same way as it relates to uh, judgment of police officers or anger towards them, specifically as people and as individuals. And that maybe there are some times where you've said things and people have said things back to you and you've felt accused and, and the truth would actually say that you might be wrong. But here's the thing, in all of this, the good news is that Jesus is not here to judge you. Jesus isn't here to accuse you. Jesus isn't here to make you feel bad. He doesn't delight in when you feel guilty or terrible. Jesus is here to forgive you, to save you, and he's here to correct your course. Jesus wants to tune your life. When you boil it all down, the meaning of the gospel is this. It's that we all stand accused. All of us. We've all sinned. We've all fallen short of God's standard in Christ. But we have a Savior who takes away the shame and the guilt and the judgment of all of the things that we've done, even things that we don't even know we're doing. We have a Savior who takes away those things and forgives us and leads us into the best life we could ever live, following Him. So if you feel accused, start with this. Let God search your heart. And let's allow Him to move in us and to lead us and correct our course and to walk the path that he has for us. Let me pray for you. Heavenly Father, I thank you 
um, for what you're speaking to us. And Lord, I thank you honestly for what you are doing in our world right now. Lord, I know it is painful. I know it is challenging. No one uh, likes how it feels to have our thought processes, our ideologies, our political systems. No one likes how it feels to have those things challenged. No one likes how it feels to have those things weighed out against your will, God, especially when your will might be pointing us in a different direction. And so, Lord, I just pray that you would help us to open our hearts to be receptive to you. And that, God, that you would help us to take a posture of humility, Lord, that is willing to say, I might be wrong. And that if I'm wrong, God, I ask you to correct my course. I ask you to correct my heart. I pray that you would help me to put people first over everything else. I pray that you would help me to put you first over everything else. And as I do that, Lord, I pray that you would let my life be perfectly harmonized and in tune with you and perfectly harmonized and in tune with with our brothers and sisters who are following you and trying to live their lives out in tune with you as well. God, I ask that you would forgive me because, Lord, Even in writing this, Lord, there have been times in my life where I have felt accused and it made me mad because I didn't think I was wrong, God, but, but confessing now, Jesus, that I have been. Lord, that there have been times in my life and in my past, Lord, as it relates to racial injustice, God, that I have been wrong and I ask you to forgive me, God, and that you would help me to walk forward in a path of love and openness to you and, and in reconciliation. God, I have been wrong in holding on to anger against other people who have hurt me, God. And I pray that you would help me, Lord, to let that stuff go. I have been wrong in using language, Lord, even just as a joke that would call someone stupid or that would call into question their value and their worth to you. And I pray that you would forgive me. And Lord, I pray that as I, I ask your forgiveness, that Lord, those of us who are watching this, God, asking you to search our hearts would do the same. And I pray that you would help us, God, to live lives in tune with you. Lord, knowing this, that when we feel accused, Lord, that it's not from you, but that we may not be right and that it's time to seek you out to see if, God, you want to do something in us and through us. Lord, I pray for those of my friends who are watching this who aren't followers of Jesus, but today say, Lord, I feel accused and I know that feeling of standing accused before God and I just want to be free of it and I want to be forgiven and I want to follow Jesus today. Lord, with them, I pray that you forgive me of my sin. God, I say yes to you today. And I invite you into my life to guide my steps, to guide my course, and to guide my path. Lordy, thank you. Pray all this in your name. Amen. Thank you for joining us at Compass. We hope you enjoyed this podcast. If you have any questions about Compass or this message, contact us at our website, www.compassbn.com.